So I want you to go in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 14. We've been in a series called Give Me That Mountain. Give Me That Mountain. In verse 9 of chapter 14, it says, So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance. That means you deserve it. That means it's yours. That means you can claim it and your children's forever. Because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Now, most of our message today is going to be pulled from just those words. Because you followed, because you wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day, 85 years old. You know, you're never too old to serve God. You're never too old to do something great for God. You don't retire from the kingdom of God. You might retire from your job, but you don't retire from the kingdom. God, God, just, God just winds you up and lets you go on a new project. He says, I'm still 85 years old. Here I am. And I'm strong, as strong this day as on the day Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. I just want to stop right there. I want you to know this, is that there are mountains that God has for you to take. What would be my mountain? Your mountain is your gifting combined with God's promise. So God will gift you to have influence or success in an area. God will gift you in that area not to have success so your name is great, but so that he will make his name great. So God will cause you to advance in your career. God will cause you to make moves in one of these spheres, one of these mountains, so that you can lift up the name of Jesus. And we've been talking about this. Our mountain, this mountain that God's calling us to take, is so that we can set up strongholds of influence so that we can affect culture. You know, the church was never supposed to be a hiding place from the world. The church is supposed to be equipping place to go to the world. Uh, we, we've got it backwards sometimes as we've tried to ran, run from the world, hide from the world, but this place should be the equipping place for us to get ready to go into our spheres of influence, into the marketplace, and to make a difference. We, we've been talking about this story of Caleb. And so I love this story in the Old Testament, and, and uh, many of you know that the Israelites, they came out of Egypt, they were on their way to the promised land. Moses was leading them, he led them to the promised land. When they got to the promised land, after 40 years of traveling, it's a long time, and uh, they get to the promised land, and uh, Moses, God tells Moses to send spies into the land to check out the land, and uh, so 12 spies go in, 10 of them come back and say, we can't do this. The enemy's too powerful. The cities are too big. We can't do it. Two spies, Joshua and Caleb, that we've been talking about. The Bible says Caleb had a different spirit. There's something I just like that. There's just a different spirit about it. I, I think God's raising up some people in 2022 that just have a different spirit. The whole world's going this way, but we got some people with a different spirit. The whole culture's going this way. We got some people with a different spirit. And Caleb had a different spirit, and he came back and he said, well, God said it, so we can do it. He said, if God said it, we can do it. But if you know the story, the negativity of the ten overcame the faith of the two. And so you think that the faith would overcome everything, but the truth is that even Jesus was limited by people's lack of faith. 
And so it says that, that they went back and they, they didn't get to go into the promised land. They went back and they wandered for another 40 years. And uh, they come around. We, when we pick up this text, it is another 40 years had gone by. And now Caleb is 85. And uh, he says, I'm still as young today as I was then. I just think that's just, I like that. I like that. Man, when I hit 85, I hope I'm saying that. Like, y'all remember when I was 40? Still got it. Still got it. It's, uh, that's, what, that's what Caleb's saying. Caleb's saying, I, I, I still got it. And he said, and I'm still after the mountain that God promised me. He promised it to me then, and I'm not letting go of it now. I'm, I'm after the only two that were allowed to go into the promised land, the two spies, the only two that were allowed to go in the promised land were the two that believed God before they entered it. I want you to see this. The only two from that previous generation that were allowed to walk into God's promise were the two that believed before they saw it. You know, faith is being able to see something before you see it. It, it, It's being able to understand and believe in something before you actually step into it. Faith faith is uncomfortable at times, but the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So So we know faith is important. Caleb walks up and he says, now give me the mountain. Give me the mountain that you promised me. Now, in 1978, we talked about this. There was a vision that was given to Lauren Cunningham. He's a founder of YWAM and uh, a couple other great men of God. And, and they saw seven mountains of influence that they believed that God was raising people up to stand strongholds of influence to affect culture. And, and, and he saw seven different mountains of influence. And, and we read those last week, but in entertainment, is a mountain of influence. For years, the church has ran from entertainment, but what we should be doing is asking God to raise up people in that sphere of filmmakers, writers, producers that step into that space. So instead of running from it, we influence it. Entertainment, media. We need truth tellers to arise in media. People that are passionate about reporting and speaking the truth in communication, in, in social media, in business. You know, the, the reason that God blesses our businesses are so that we can be a blessing to the kingdom. When you understand kingdom culture, the reason that God advances us in these spheres of influence is to set up strongholds of influence to affect culture, in business, in education. It is more important than ever before that we value, that we pay attention to, and that we give ourselves to the education of the next generation. Not just academically, but also that they would know the Word of God, that they would understand the power and the presence of God, that they would hear the voice of God. Education is not just academic excellence, but also teaching the next generation about the things of God. It's education. It's in government. Government, instead of just railing against the government or complaining about the government, we should be asking God, God, do you want to raise me up? In the midst of, maybe somebody, maybe God's raising up godly politicians right in our congregation that God has anointed them to stand up on that mountain of government so that they can be an influence and affect culture. Again, the church is not a hiding place. It's an equipping place so that we can use the gifts God given us and get on these mountains of influence and affect culture. Family. You know, you can tend to all of the other mountains and miss this one, and it's the most important one. Is that what you do in your home 
the atmosphere of your home, the atmosphere of your marriage, the atmosphere around your kids and your parenting is the most important job that you have. What God's given you in your own legacy, in your own family, it's more valuable than any other thing. You can win in business and lose in family. It's, it's, we have to, as the people of God, there needs to be a difference in families that believe in God and families that don't. That we should handle crisis different. We should handle stress different. We should handle anger different. We should handle forgiveness different. You should see something different in the people of God, in family, in religion is the seventh mountain. Religion, that's, that's in church. That's in, did you know that th this should be the most loving place you ever walk into? You should never feel judged, condemned, or like you shouldn't, be, you don't belong, you shouldn't be. This should be the most loving place full of the people of God who are commanded to love God and love one another, right? This should be, we got to take our, we got to take this mountain back. You would think like, oh, the church is fine. No, we got to take the church mountain back and make sure that we're setting up strongholds of influence to affect culture by making sure this is a place of love, this place of power, this is a place of God's presence. There's a lot of churches that gather and there's no power. There's a lot of churches that gather and there's no prayer. We, we need the presence of God. Jesus said, my house should be called a house of prayer. We need to make sure that we're praying. We need, we need to make sure that, that it's not just like Paul said, with wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that men might not rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Each of these mountains are spheres of influence, and this is what I propose to you, that God has gifted you uniquely to influence one of those spheres. I'm a stay-at-home mom, yet you're gifted in the family mountain to set up stronghold of influence to affect culture. Well, I'm good at business, but I don't know, I'm not really good at anything. God sets you up for a specific reason, and those are the mountains, friends, that God promises us. Not so that we can set ourselves up, but that we can lift the name of Jesus up. The Bible says, if he be lifted up, he will draw all men unto you. The Christian should be the best example of God's favor, of God's love, of success, of progress, of movement, of love, of inclusion. You should find it in the people of God. People of God. And Caleb, he says this. He says, give me, give me that mountain. I was studying this week, and I saw these words that I thought were really interesting. Because when you talk about faith, faith is exciting. We talk about crazy faith, wild faith, outlandish faith, scandalous faith. Everybody talking about some type of wild faith. But, but, but it says this, that the reason that Caleb inherited what God had promised him was not because of his faith. Now, we know faith is important. We believe in it. We teach about it. But the reason he received his inheritance was because it said in verse 9, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. This is interesting. You know, this, this is not like, it's not the sexiest message when you talk about just holy faith. Faith is kind of sexy. It's like, man, you can't see it, but you step anyways. You believe. Everybody goes, wow, I got faith, and you leave Sunday. You leave full of faith. We're going to go do something crazy. We're going to believe God. You, you, you know what, 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 what's, what's not that exciting is getting up every day for the next 40 years and choosing to wholly commit yourself to God. It's not as exciting, but I'm going to tell you this. There is a combination of faith 
compiled with following that actually makes it powerful. When I was in youth ministry, uh, we would go on these trips, and sometimes we'd go on mission trips or whatever, and we'd have the caravan of cars or vans, and I always got frustrated because um, my wife tells me I'm not that good of a driver. I think it's just other people just haven't really gotten to my skill level yet, and so she thinks the problem's me. I think it's the rest of the world, and uh, so we'd be driving, and, and I would just, I would always lose somebody. And I'm just like, can you not keep up? I mean, it's just, it's not that difficult. Like, like we're going, we know where we're going. Just, so I made the rule. It's called the trailer rule. It's like, you are not a separate car. You are not a separate uh, entity. You are a part of my car. I know you're driving your car, but you're a part of my car. So if I go through the light, you go through the light. You're connected. Now, if you, you make enough distance, distance between me and you that is dangerous, that's on you. But nobody's hitting the trailer, so you got to stay connected. Connection is important. you got to be close. And so there's a hill in L.A. right outside the L.A. Dream Center. And um, it, it's, it's, it's a little more aggressive than anything we would see in Texas. It's literally almost a drop-off. And uh, I saw Pastor Keon get air in a minivan <laughs> over this. People are slowing down. I'm like, no, no, trailer, trailer. If he goes, you go. It's just, psh, psh, psh. Like, Lord, help him land. It's interesting, if you, if you stay close enough, if, you stay cl- if, you, if you're connected. See, devotion is commitment. It's, it's, it's trailering with God. It's, it's I'm connected to him, and anywhere he goes, I go. If he goes down, I go down. If he goes up, I go up. If he takes ground, I take ground. If he stops, I stop. I'm, I'm, I'm connected like a tra- Wholly devoted to God is being connected to him like a trailer. When it talks about Caleb being wholly devoted, he says, God, I'm with you. You said to take ground, we're taking ground. Ten spies are like kind of lagging. They got caught in the intersection. Caleb's like, I'm with you. If you're going through, I'm going through. And people talk about faith, but oftentimes faith goes and comes based on our feelings. It has an ebb and a flow. You ever left church full of faith and then woke up Monday morning and wondered where it went? The wholly devoted part is what keeps you when faith fails you. When you, when you don't feel it, that commitment that you've already made up your mind, that you're going to stay connected, you're going to stay committed, is what keeps you when you don't feel it. He was wholly devoted. Caleb, wholly devoted. Devotion means this, profound dedication, religious zeal, the willingness to serve God. You know one of the definitions of Caleb, his name, is devoted to God. That's who Caleb was. Caleb was devoted, wholly committed. In fact, in many scriptures that we read about Caleb, they said he just had, like we talked about in the beginning, a different spirit, a different spirit. There's negative people, and there's different people. There's, there's negative people, and there's faith people. There's, there's, there's a difference. There's a difference in it. Caleb had a different spirit. A negative spirit speaks facts. A Caleb spirit speaks life. You ever had those people that just the only thing they can talk about is, is negative? It's just, it's just negative. There's never a possibility of anything good. It's just always negative. I mean, it's like you get in a fender bender, and they're, they're, they're the ones that say, like, yep, the car's broke. 
And it's like, it's not, there's no upside. There's no opportunity. It's just like everything is bad. It's like, man, it's partly sunny. No, it's partly cloudy, right? It's like, it, it could rain. There's a cloud way over there. It's probably going to pour down rain. We might as well cancel all activities for the next year. It's, it's these people. You know what's interesting? The 10 negative spies, right? The, the, Joshua and Caleb had faith. Does anybody remember the names of the other 10? Yeah, exactly. Nobody remembers a negative person. We don't even, we don't even know their names. Joshua and Caleb had faith. to, but They were trailered with God. They were connected with God. A Caleb had a different spirit. A spirit speaks, a Caleb spirit speaks life. A negative spirit looks backwards. A Caleb spirit looks forward. You know what Paul said? He said, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. You can't do anything about yesterday. It happened. You can't do anything about last year. It happened. So how long do you want to be stuck in what already happened? Because you looking back at what has happened is keep you, keeping you from stepping in to what is happening. And you're mad that nothing new is happening, but you have a negative spirit that keeps on looking back, and you're missing what you've lost, and you should be looking ahead to what God has for you. And if you don't, get, if you don't change your spirit from negative to Caleb, you'll be stuck in yesterday. And you'll miss what God's doing today. A Caleb spirit looks forward. A negative spirit doubts God's word. But a Caleb spirit believes God's word. It believes. What is God saying? What has God said? Can you follow him wholeheartedly? Do you have a different spirit? I tell you this, this will help you on your job. When everyone says, oh, it can't be done, how many hours is it going to take, do we have to work overtime? If you could come up with a solution, you will always have a job. Businesses thrive on problem solving. Most successful businesses are successful because they solve someone's problem. And if you can be a prop, you know, that's a, that's a Caleb spirit. It's a problem solving spirit. It's, a, it's, it's different, but it, it's, it's not just faith. It's a daily commitment. It's a wholly devoted heart. I'm going to tell you this. If you're going to have devotion, you're also going to be tested. And if you read throughout the story of Caleb, he's tested at different junctures. And I want to give you a couple of these tests. The test, test of devotion, the test of temptation is the first one. It's the temptation to settle too low. It's the test of the test. It's the, you know, you'll always have an opportunity to settle for less than what you could really be. I, I don't know if you've ever been involved in any type of high level of athletics or, or fitness or anything, but you, 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 can, you, can, you can stop. And you can miss out on the gains or on the progress you can have, but you're going to have to endure some type of pain in order to step in. It's the test of the test. Most people settle lower than their God-given destiny and their God-given potential. Because it, it, it will settle for status quo because it's more comfortable than it is to take a risk or to take a step of faith or to say for the next 30 years I'm going to commit myself to follow God. We, 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 we are so short-sighted that if it doesn't happen today, oftentimes we'll settle for less than what God has for us. Caleb had a chance to settle outside of the promised land. How do you not settle outside the promised land? You focus on the promise. What did God promise you? 
What did God say? Don't settle for anything less. Don't settle for partial health if God promised you full health. Don't settle for, for partial restoration if God promised you full restoration. Don't settle for partial freedom if God promised you full free. So the Caleb spirit understands that the test of the test is a test. It's a test of temptation that is tempting me to settle in the wilderness outside of the promise instead of stepping into everything that God has for me. God wants you all the way in the, the promise. He didn't make a promise to tease you. He made a promise so it could come into your possession. It's the test of temptation. There's also the test of time. Man, the test of time. If we had time to talk about time. Time, time, time. Our concept of time is we pray for 13 hours, and God, we don't know if you're real. I mean, 13 hours. Lord, we, we gave you more than 12. I know less than 24, but, I mean, come on. That's, that's some kind of commitment. We read about the saints of old that would believe for 40 years, 60 years, 80 years, some even dying, not seeing the promise. What is that? Radical faith or wholly devoted hearts? That every single day, come hell or high water, I have already made up my mind, I will follow God. When I don't feel it, I'll follow him. When I feel it, I'll follow him. When I have faith, I'll follow him. When my faith fails me, I'll follow him. This is Caleb, a holy, devoted heart. It's not as easy to preach as faith, but I'm going to tell you this. These two work together because at times my faith will fail me, but my commitment will hold me. Uh, when, I, when I talk about your faith, I'm not talking about your actual belief in Jesus as your Savior. I'm talking about the faith to believe big. You know, the, the faith to believe for a miracle. The faith, because you ever, you ever felt like God might not be answering your prayer because you don't have enough faith? That faith, that's what I'm talking about. Not the faith that saves you. I'm talking about the faith that, that, that moves you into the atmosphere of the miraculous. And people judge themselves and feel judged by God that they don't have enough faith. And I'd like to propose this to you, that God doesn't need perfect faith. He just needs a little bit of faith. And the commitment to follow him wholeheartedly is what supports that little faith until you see the promise come into your, your possession. The test of time. This test is passed by being committed to the purpose of God. Caleb, Caleb waited 40 years. He waited 40 years. He, he, he went in to explore the land with 10 losers. That cost him his promise. Can you imagine being right on the line? I mean, just right there. And 10 guys are like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, af I'm afraid. And Caleb's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We came a long ways. Like, let's just all believe God's word. Nope, not doing it. And then they wander for 40 years. Time. I wonder how many people gave up on God or gave up for believing something big from God just because he didn't answer in the timeline that we thought he should. What if it takes longer than you think? Can you pass the test of time? What, what if it's years? Someone's getting discouraged. <laughs> what if it's years? It's like, Pastor, I like it better when you preach about the suddenlies. I believe in the suddenlies, and faith will bring suddenlies into your reality. But the truth is, friends, for some of us, for Caleb's, 
for many of us throughout the world, through many of us that we know relationally, there's times that you're just going to have to say, I'm going to get up for the next 40 days believing that what God said will come to pass. And I know I don't see it, but I believe it. I'm a Caleb. I have a different spirit. I'm wholly committed. I'm wholly devoted. And every day, whether it looks good or it looks bad, I am going to believe God. It's the test of time. The test of time. The last one is the test it's probably all of us have been through is the test of trouble. The test of trouble. I was talking to a buddy years ago, and, and uh, he said, uh, Pastor Dust and I, I uh, you know, I used to just kind of like live for myself. You know, I was just in the world. I was doing whatever I wanted, and, and then I got saved. And God set me free. I got saved, but then, but then it, like, life got hard. He said, and I don't understand, like, how life got difficult when I left all that to serve him. And I told him, I said, in somewhat the same words, this is the test of trouble. Because when Caleb said, I want that mountain, God said, I give it to you, but you're going to have to defeat the giants in it. Can I tell you something? Whenever you're going to take ground for the kingdom of God, there is going to be opposition. It's not a vending machine. It's not just come take land or mountains however you want. It is, you're going to have to fight for it. The victory is guaranteed. But you're also going to have to show up for the fight. It's, it's, the test of, it's the test of trouble. The test of trouble. You, you know what's interesting? When you go through trouble and God brings you through it, it gives you confidence to face trouble the next time. Sometimes trouble doesn't get better. Your capacity gets larger. And the fight that would have taken you out 10 years ago can't touch you now because you were faithful in the tests of trouble. I look back at things that used to stress me out 10 years ago and I laugh at it because now that thing wouldn't even phase me. I got bigger giants. I got bigger problems, but God's expanding my capacity to pass the test of trouble because if I want big mountains, I got to face big giants. And if I want to see God's promise, then I've got to overcome some things. No, a lot of people think like, man, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to punch the devil in his mouth. And then it's over. Like the devil's not going to punch you back. So you come to church on Sunday and get full of faith, pumped up. You kick the devil in the teeth. You go home. And Monday morning, there's a giant waiting for you. You're like, wait, what's up with this? Like, I thought I, thought I dealt with this. I thought I, I'm going to tell you this. The test of trouble is establishing a stronghold of influence on whatever mountain that you're taking and understanding there will always be giants that you'll have to overcome. Your victory is guaranteed. But friends, you got to fight. If you live in this world, you're going to have to fight the giant of fear. That's just the way it is. Well, I fought it one time when I was 12. You're going to have to fight it again every time you watch the news. You're going to have to fight it again every time you get on social media. You have to fight it again every time you sneeze. Is it? A fever? Like, fear. So you, you, have to, you have to continually, it's the test of trouble. If I'm going to step into the place of faith, I've got to be faithful in the test of trouble. And when I overcome trouble, it enlarges my capacity. And the same giant that got me last year, 
can't get me this year. The Bible said there's a real devil, there's a real enemy, and the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his purpose. That doesn't mean he's successful in it. My Bible says no weapon formed against me will prosper. It doesn't mean that the weapon's not formed. It means it will not prosper. So God's guaranteeing my victory, but I've got to be faithful to fight the good fight of faith. And the test of trouble is the last limitation before I step into possession of the promise. Is this helping anybody today? I think God's raising up some people in 2022 that used to back away from trouble but now invite trouble because they know on the other side of the trouble is a victory and a freedom that you've never experienced before. We got to rid the land. We got to rid the land of the giants. What's holding you back? Oh, I don't want to start a business. I know God's called me to the business mountain, but I don't want to, I'm so afraid. What is holding you back? Defeat the giant. Step into what God's called you. Experience his favor and his presence and his confidence and take ground. Give me the mountain. Get, where is the fight in the people? Of, we have become so passive. I'm talking about capital C church, not just you. People watching, not no joking. People around, Christians, we've gotten so passive. Where God promised us things. I don't have to walk around bound. I don't have to walk around depressed. I don't have to walk around anxious. Those are giants that are trying to take land from me. Friend, when Jesus died on the cross and he shed his blood, he did not just die for the forgiveness of your sins but he also died that you could have freedom and that you could have life that's the other part of the, the verse john chapter 10 the enemy comes to steal to kill and to destroy but jesus came that you may have life and that life to the full i don't understand how i'm gonna have life to the full if i have the test of trouble i get it i get it when you pass the test of trouble you step in to new levels of authority, influence, and power. The things that messed with you before can't mess with you now. That's what happens when you pass the test. You ever been in a situation where you felt like, I'll never make it through this? You ever been in that? Like, no, this is it. This is it. This is the one. This is the one. I'll, ne I'll never make it. But you're here. You're here. I mean, you were ready to tap out on everything, but you're here. So you pass the test of trouble. So the next time trouble comes at you, you got to remind the trouble of yesterday, right? you got to remind the trouble of today about the test of yesterday and how you passed it then. You're going to pass it now. The devil's trying to tell you you're not going to make it. You'll never come out of this. You're finished. You're disqualified. But God's got a plan for you. God's got a purpose for you. God has a promise for you. And he's looking for a Caleb with a different spirit that can step into wholehearted devotion. Crazy faith? Yes. Yeah. But more importantly, wholehearted devotion. Faith and following go hand in hand. Following close keeps you full of faith. Following close. You know, the further I get away from you, I didn't have a microphone the more faint my voice would be sometimes we go into big battles with partial commitment and partial connection 
and we can't hear his voice, so we lose faith. The answer to failing faith is proximity. God, I'm wholly committed. I'm wholly connected. I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving. You can't get rid of me. You can't shake me. Maybe you're sick of me. I don't, I don't care. I'm not going, I'm not going anywhere. I, I am. Do you know how Jesus told us to pray? He gave an example of a persistent widow that annoyed a judge until he relented and gave her what she asked. And then Jesus says, and this is how you should pray. We're all trying to be polite with God. Like, God, it's me. You remember me? Is it okay if I ask for maybe? He's like, you're my son. You're my, this is an inheritance. If you want to claim it. If you want the mountain, go take it. I don't know, is that my mountain or not? Go take the mountain. What are you waiting for? Go take the mountain. I don't want anyone to look at me. I don't want anyone. Stop. You will never do anything great for God and have the entire world applaud you. Anybody that's ever done anything great for God has had to deal with critics and haters and people that come against them and lied about them and slandered them and it never stopped God's purpose. I'm going to tell you, you cannot curse what God has blessed. If God anointed you, if God blessed you, then get some confidence and follow God wholeheartedly. Come help or high water, whether it's popular, whether it's not. We are devoted to God. I feel the power of God. Trying to calm down for you. Your devotion will keep you close when your faith lags behind. There's a story about a great man of God by the name of D.L. Moody. He was a great preacher, teacher, theologian. And he was famous for this phrase that he would say. He says, the world is yet to see what God can do through one man completely yielded to him. Another time he said, the world is yet to see what one man or woman can do that is wholly committed to him. Here he is changing the world. And he says, the world's yet to see what God can do with someone with outrageous faith. No, no. Somebody that's wholly committed. Wholly committed. I'm in it. Well, I'm in it if God answers, no, 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 no. I'm in it. I'm wholly committed. Wholly, complete, not fractional, not transactional, not part of me, all of me. I'm in. I was praying this week and I was reminded of this old song. You might remember this song. It says, I, I'm not going to sing it. You guys thought, maybe? No. No, no, no. I love you too much. I have decided to follow Jesus. Woo! No turning back. No turning back. Come on, that's, that's a Caleb spirit. That's a Caleb's fruit. That doesn't sound very exciting. I know. I've decided. I've made up my mind. I'm following Jesus. No turning back. Verse 2, it says, Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back. No turning back. The last verse says, The world behind me, the cross before me, The world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back. 
no turning back. It's a Caleb spirit.